0: You're listening to the Deanspiration Podcast You're on-the-go source of spiritual pick-me-ups inspirational reminders and more featuring special guests from around the world Don't forget to visit Deanspiration.com where you'll find lots of high-value easy-to-implement tips, tricks and tools for your dean, with free downloads, video content, blogs Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome to episode eighteen of the Dean's Inspiration Podcast Show. My name is Osman, your host, and I just want to say, if it's your first time here, then welcome. May Allah bless you. It's so good to have you on the show listening and tuning in and I hope you will keep doing so inshallah after you hear your first episode and if you're coming back after being a regular listener then give yourself a high five because you are you're awesome pretty much Um today alhamdulillah we are covering a very important rather deep topic actually and that is the topic of sadness and anxiety in Islam You know, why is there such a stigma attached to these, you know, very raw, very real emotions? And not just these two emotions, but many other types of emotions that we as human beings feel. Not just Muslims, but humans in general feel, right? And why do some people say that having these emotions makes you a weak person? Or why having these emotions means you have a lack of faith, which, as we covered in the last episode with Sheikh Abdul Hamid, is quite frankly ridiculous, right? So today I am so happy to be joined by a sister who I look up to and I'm inspired by, Sister Hafsa, who is going to be sharing some experiences, some really solid advice and practical tips for those of you out there who are either yourself going through a tough time emotionally uh, and spiritually, And for those of you who know somebody who perhaps is also going through something, no matter which situation you are in, I'm very sure that today's episode is going to open your eyes, give you some things to think about and perhaps be able to better relate to those that you know that are going through a tough time and you're not too sure how to approach them or help them, then this episode is definitely for you. And of course, for those of you who are fighting your way through some tough times in life, like we all do at times, right? We all go through very, very tough times and we all handle them in different ways. I'm sure that this episode is going to help you as well feel a sense of relief. And after listening to what Hafsa has said, uh, a source of empowerment, to be honest. A lot of the stuff in today's show is quite powerful, quite deep and very practical for all of us, quite frankly, who need to remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does validate these emotions in the Qur'an. We are allowed to feel a number of different ways, but it's more about how we deal with those feelings as they come to us and how we interpret those feelings as well that can make a world of difference. So before we get into the show today, of course it's time to do the all-important ayah of the day as we always do at the start of each show. So let's go for it. Bismillah. Kholakal samawati wal arda bil can Yukawwiru al-layla you can Wa yukawwiru al-nahar ala al-layl shamsa wal-qamar Kullun yajri li ajalim musamma That was today's ayah of the day, beautifully recited by a good friend of mine, Ibrahim Afzal, over at ibrahimafzal.com. Go check him out. That was Surah Az-Zumar, verse number 5, which translates to say, He created the heavens and the earth in truth. He wraps the night over the day and wraps the day over the night and has subjected the sun and the moon, each running its course for a specified term, unquestionably. He is the exalted in might, the perpetual forgiver. Now subhanAllah, we aren't going to get into it in today's show, but if you're to really ponder over this verse, it's just like hashtag mind blown, right? There's so much to ponder about from this verse and you might be wondering how is this verse related to today's show right usually the ayah of the day relates to the show well actually this is a bit of a hidden gem in today's episode sister Hafsa actually mentions this verse in a specific part of the show uh, in a specific context so you have to listen to find out why uh, she chose today's ayah of the day and why it's special to her so without further ado I don't want to make you wait any longer. It's time to bring on Sister Hafsa. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah.
1: Wa alaykum assalamu wa rahmatullah. Thank you for having me.
0: Hafsa, thank you so much for coming on to the show. Um, I've been looking forward to having you on. Um, your story and just who you are—it's you know—I don't think you know this. Maybe the first time I've said it kind of to you, but you're someone that I look up to. Um, just your work, your your talent, the way you carry yourself, and also the kind of way that you approach uh, the topic of today, which we're talking about, which is uh, mental health, anxiety, sadness, etc. So I'm really excited, and I'm sure that people. Listen listening as well are excited to hear kind of your take on this um what you think about the the topic in general and then a little bit about yourself as well um so just thank you so much for being here it's it's a pleasure to have you
1: oh thank you I mean there's <laughs> a really important issue so I think um it's definitely bigger than one individual person so inshallah hopefully this will be beneficial to somebody anybody <laughs>
0: Inshallah I, I have confidence that it will be so before we get started on the topic for those who don't know you tell us a bit more about yourself and what you do.
1: So um, I'm an artist I do a lot of painting, I do a lot of photography, a lot of graphic design work um, I've been using art as a method to sort of process um, emotions and thoughts and really heal from um, a lot of different things. And through my work, uh, I sparked a lot of good conversation, which I didn't expect to actually happen around mental health and the very um, normal feelings and emotions that we all sort of deal with, but unfortunately kind of uh, keep to ourselves or hide. Um, so that kind of conversation is wonderful um, and it's kind of the main reason why I was led to find comfort in my work because there wasn't really a safe space to talk about these things or have these sorts of conversations around, um, you know, feelings of sadness or anxiety or these sorts of things. And that's kind of unfortunate. But hundred light sort of opened up a lot of that for me and for the people that I work with. So.
0: Excellent and inshallah we'll talk a bit more about that uh, later on in, in today's show and your work um, but let's just get straight to the point. So we both know and from the previous episode with with Sheikh Abdul Hamid episode 16 we know that this whole idea of of mental health and uh, whether it's anxiety, depression, general sadness or anything else for that matter in general it's it's kind of a a taboo subject but especially among Muslims because Muslims have this kind of notion that you know we have Allah we have the Quran it's impossible to be sad it's impossible to have this issue or how dare you have this issue don't you know that you're supposed to be happy all the time etc so I wanted to ask your opinion on why you think our community especially don't talk about this more and especially why don't they talk about it and as much seriousness as perhaps others do.
1: Yeah, that's actually, um, thank you for bringing that up in that way, because it's really, really, really damaging. I think people do talk about it a lot. Actually, I just think they do it in the wrong way. So okay. <laughs> unfortunately, there's been this like long-standing, um, elaborately built sort of fear-based narrative around any strong emotion or mental health, sadness, emptiness, depression, anxiety, any of these things, I think in the Muslim world, it's been like carried down. um, And unfortunately, like further perpetuated by scholars who probably mean well, and, you know, they want to help, but they're not actually helping. And I think, unfortunately, we go to some of these places, um, like, you know, halakas, and like you said, you know, people think that you, you can't ever feel any of these feelings. So in order to help themselves, they sort of go to these places, you know, to the khutbah, the Friday khutbah, to halakas and stuff like that, to find um, ways to deal with them. And what they find there is a lot of guilt and shame around this topic. And unfortunately, that's really damaging. So I think the worst part about it is that often the Quran and Hadith are misconstrued to make some of these points and make some of these people feel that way. And I think personally for me, Um, And for a lot of other people, that's been the case where um, you want to find relief from some of these things. And, you know, the response you have is, um, you know, pray more. You're a Muslim. How dare you? All of these sorts of things. So you put yourself more into the deen to find relief from it Mm -hmm. and you just find more of that. So it's this invalidating cycle that you never really get out of. And I think for me, uh, like I was saying, it's a very isolating uh, feeling because there's this huge stigma around it. And in all fairness, I don't think it's limited to Muslims. It's like a worldwide issue. But among the Muslim community, it's unfortunate that Allah validates these things. But Muslims, for some bizarre, messed up reason, invalidate them. Allah didn't intend for us to live this way. Uh, He created all of our emotions, um, beautiful ones and horrible ones. And they're all sort of messengers for us to find him. But I think, you know, this this narrative is super damaging.
0: I love that you said that these are messengers or pathways for us to find Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because from my own experience too you know there are there are ways that you find Allah again uh, and sometimes it's through calamity that you find Allah the most right but I want to I want to ask you some examples or for examples like without naming any names or whatever what are some of the most ridiculous things you've heard uh with regards to what you just said like so you said that there's examples of guilt tripping Uh, using the quran and sunnah in the wrong way Mm -hmm. give me some examples of things you've heard personally that just make you think that is so not true or it makes you want to just you know rip your hair out or something because it's like the worst possible advice that somebody could give to somebody who's going through something like this
1: oh there's so many (laughs) there's so many that it would be um it would take a long time to to mention them but um i think some of the, the the obnoxious things that I've, I've heard or have people tell me are there's no such thing. There's just no such thing as anxiety in Islam or um, there's no such thing as sadness in Islam. If you're a good Muslim, there is no such thing as depression. It's not something you'd experience. So there's that and then there's the, you know, just pray it away sort of mentality where you know, you say something, I'm feeling this way, and it's just, hey, you know what? If you make more da, it'll go away. Um, if you do more of X, whatever that is, have more iman, pray more, these sorts of things, it'll just go away. And so you, you automatically, if you say, I am feeling sad, or I am feeling anxious, whatever, it's like suddenly your iman is lacking. Your iman is lacking, and now you're in this... You're in this place where, you know, you have this natural, normal feeling that Allah created. And just because you're having this feeling, you know, you're suddenly your Iman is lacking, which is super, super dangerous. So, I mean, other things are like, you know, if you have more sabr or if you trust Allah enough or whatever, you'd be, um, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be feeling any of these things. And mm. uh, that's not true because there are always underlying factors which cause people to feel these things. And those things need to be, you know, honored and discovered and healed and grown from. Um, Like I said, like those feelings are messengers. So if, if anyone is feeling uh, a good emotion, a happy emotion, the root behind it is joy. It's not that if they're feeling happy, um, sorry, or if they're feeling sad, just the way that the root behind you feeling happy would be joy. The same reason, sorry, the same, uh, the same logic sort of applies to any other feeling.
0: So, mm. um, you're perfectly correct. I've I've heard some of these things as well, and I can only imagine that it must be so frustrating if somebody is going through something like this. Um, and I think that the the examples that were mentioned, I think, obviously, can work. We as Muslims believe they do work. Uh, however. They're not always the solution, like you said, and sometimes it's a lot. In fact, the majority of the time, it's much deeper. And even though du'a does work, even though trusting Allah does work, we're not always clear on exactly how to do that because mm-hmm. um, we aren't guided in in a way where, like you said, we are first accepted and then guided through a very. I'm trying to think of the word here. A very kind of not systematic, but a very um, sympathetic uh, is that the right word sympathetic you know what i mean a manner yeah a manner in which um the person feels accepted and loved and people understand that this is a real issue and the fact Mm -hmm. that like you said it's not the fact that your iman is suddenly going low and this is the sole reason for your for your issue and following up from that i want to ask you you know your opinion do you think that one of the ways, potentially, out of many ways, to kind of solve this issue or work towards solving this, is that our imams, perhaps our scholars, need more training straight up in this issue. So you know, our our beloved scholars and our imams, many of them are trained in theology, right? But not, but not many of them are trained in psychology, right? Exactly. So do do you personally think that if if many Imams were trained in this discipline that things would be at least a bit better?
1: A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I think that's what I was just going to say, actually, in response to what you were saying earlier, is um, an imam, sheikhs, these um, scholars and stuff like that, they're trying to help, but it's not, it may not be helping because that's not their specialty. Like that's, that's not what they studied. That doesn't make them, you know, they studied Islam. That doesn't make them an engineer or a nutritionist or a a sexologist or a psychologist or a mental health expert. It doesn't make them any of that. Mm. Um, If they had more training and inshallah, like conversations like this or like um, inshallah, like the conversations that I've had with numerous clients and people through Um, My artwork, like more conversation like that is what's going to to help that. And I think being able to bring that to the surface is definitely going to help as well, especially because that's not Islam, right? That's not what Islam teaches. Mm -hmm. Um, So who are we to sort of like change that? Um, And again, like I don't think it comes from a bad place whatsoever. I think these are just these are mentalities that have been passed down for a very long time, Um, but they're not helping. And I think just adding on to that, um, is just that you mentioned a little bit earlier is these things do help. So dua does help and these sorts of things do help. And I want to make sure that I um, give that like a little space of its own so that, you know, nothing is misunderstood. You absolutely, absolutely need and need to and should be using islam and the things that allah has taught us to bring yourself relief from these Mm. sorts of things Mm. and nothing is more evident um than the reason that i do my work so i'm in no way saying that you know you don't need du'a you don't need salah, you don't need sabr and these things do help Um, Because that's what the reminder series is. The reminder series is to remind me on a constant basis, on on a day-to-day basis that, you know, the Quran and Allah and all of these things are the main source of hope and healing and and everything for not just me, but for everybody. So, um, you know, even when I'm painting sometimes like I'll have somebody that'll ask for a specific yeah, and to me it won't really like I would never have even looked at that ayah in a specific way but then I'm sitting there and I'm thinking how can I make this painting in a way that it really means something to the person who's um you know who's ordering it and it's really going to provide a sense of hope and healing to them yeah. and for that What I do is I end up listening to the tafsir of that ayah and really like thinking about it on a deep level. And I find that every single ayah in the Quran is a sense of hope and healing.
0: SubhanAllah.
1: I just think that, you know, there's two parts of this. I think the one is just that, you know, Allah does tell us have sabr and find, uh, you know, healing through sabr and salah. And, you know, He tells us all these things, but that doesn't take away our responsibility to find out how. Yeah. Like, you know, he'll say, eat tahir food in the Quran, but he doesn't have a course on nutrition in the Quran. We have to go out and take a course. We have to go out and learn some of that stuff. He tells us to, um, you know, marriage is uh, a place of love and tranquility, but that doesn't mean that we don't need to learn about relationships, right? He tells us to provide for one's family, but you need to go and get worldly knowledge in order to get an education and to learn how to do that. So you have to put in some of that work. And in order to do that, for anxiety, or for me specifically, if I go to somebody, or when I have gone to people and said, hey, this is a thing, you know, I feel sad, or I feel whatever, and the answer is just have more But I sit there and I say, okay, well, how, how exactly do I do that? <laughs> and I think finding that has been, um, the answer to that has not been easy. Uh, and it hasn't been something that I've got from any man. It's just been something that I've had to look at. If I'm feeling a certain thing a certain day, I have to really think about like, okay, why is this here? It's obviously triggering something that's deeper. And I have to now look into that. Like I said, it's a it's a messenger for me to go in and, and, and do that sort of work. Um, yeah, I think I went on a little rant there. But I was, I think I was, uh, I had another point, but it, it escapes me now. It'll probably come back.
0: Yeah, don't don't worry about your tangent. I mean this is this is great insight from yourself. Um and I wanna now cover again, just go back to that point about the fact that this is not a spiritual problem, right? I mean the amount of times that people will say if you're feeling this way, it must be because your iman is low right and that that's a real stab in the face because you could be waking up for fajr praying to hajjud doing all these fantastic things and you really do love allah you trust allah you love the messenger alayhi salam you recite quran daily but there's still something inside you that is empty there's a there's a deep deep sadness there's something there which you just can't solve so you know how do we tackle this like is it really a spiritual problem and we we can't just pray to make it go away as we said so so what do we do what's the what's the issue here
1: so the short answer i think not i think i know (laughs) the short answer is no um it's definitely not just a spiritual problem and you definitely can't pray better the long answer is that there's an important distinction that sort of has to be made and that's the root of what causes one's anxiety or emptiness um, or sadness. And that's not a problem with their spirituality or Iman. That's as smart as saying, like I said before, the root cause of one's happiness or anger or fear or joy is their Iman. That's preposterous. It's silly. It's ignorant. Um, sadness and worry are part of the human condition. It's what makes life um, beautiful. And it's and life is really like a series of these moments and a series of these seasons. Mm. And I think... Um, a big thing for me is you have a point where you really have to, you really do have to make that distinction. Where am I praying? Am I doing what Allah is asking me? Am I, you know, doing? Of course, one can always continue to do more, but you sort of have to be real with yourself at one point and understand that you might need to, you know, sometimes you can be really, really upset about something, and you can pray about it, and you can definitely feel better. But at the end of the day or after the end of like two weeks or three weeks of going through this pain, you're going to want to sit down and talk to like a friend or someone supportive, somebody that loves you. And that is perfectly, perfectly normal and okay, And that's a human thing to do Mm. is, you know, finding connection and and sort of doing that and getting that help from somebody that loves you and, and cares about you. And I think. Like, that's just a human thing. If we were meant to be dealing with this on our own, Allah would have created us on different planets, like not with other people. <laughs> yeah. He would have created us, you know, he would have created us and said, he wouldn't have given us those feelings in the first place. He wouldn't have given us sadness. Mm. You know, he created joy for us to, to have that, you know, and 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 enjoy that and pleasure and have that with our families and our spouses and our friends and our children. And then he gave us anger And when you get angry, you have to do something about that anger. You have to figure out why you're angry. And then you have to go and solve it. And then you can also add your, you know, your and your and you can do whatever you have to sort of look at it holistically. Um, There's a huge part of, you know, mastering your emotions. And uh, that's a really real thing. I think people downplay it a lot when they say that. And that's that's the damaging part. I mean, your feelings are always 100% true. They never lie. Your mind can lie to you because your, your mind is something that you have control over and you've sort of fabricated things and that you've learned and stuff like that. But at the center of you is your heart. And that's, you know, what Allah says is what feels and that's what has your Iman and that's what has all of your emotions. And I think when you look at those emotions as indicators of whatever, then you can solve that. I think a good example of this is like um, people with addictions. So you can have an addiction and continuously tell the person that they just need to have more iman, they just need to pray more, they just need to do whatever more. Mm. Um, but it's an addiction; it's a problem, and they need help for that problem. The root of that is something that that's 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 missing within them. If you have, for example, a porn addiction, like you talked about in your in your other episodes. Um, Or any other type of addiction, you go to this addiction to fill an emptiness that can't be fulfilled by that thing. But you continuously go to it. You know, you go to somebody that says, hey, you know, your problem's not real. Just pray some more. Ask Allah for forgiveness and look at some of these hadith. But that's not... um, that's not a complete solution. The complete solution would be doing some personal work and saying, Hey, what is the pain in me that I need to solve that's making me do this? Or what is the pain in me that's making me have this emptiness that I maybe need to to work on? So I think yeah, there's a huge spiritual component of it, but there's also like a um an emotional and a psychological sort of um root in it as well and I think it's all of our like it's your duty, I guess, and your and and your role in your life to sort of honor that uh, that emptiness and that pain and uh, find out what the root cause of it is. And um, if I were to just share a little bit, I would say that there was a point in my life where I said, I'm doing this and I'm doing this and I'm doing this. And I went through all the hadith I knew and I went through all the ayahs I knew. And I went through, I literally stood up all night and prayed in PM. And I did this for weeks on end and I didn't, I didn't even like sleep. I lost my appetite. I didn't eat because I was like, I need to do more. I need to do more my spirituality is lacking. My spirituality is lacking. And you can put yourself in this really dangerous place because that's not balanced. Mm. What's balanced is trying to find out what is the real issue here. The real issue here is not that I'm not religious enough and I need to pray more. And then this pain and this emptiness will go away. That's not the real problem. Allah loves us regardless. We don't have to keep doing um, more and more, I guess, religious things in order for us to feel uh, like Allah loves us and that we're worthy of it, um, of love and these sorts of things. We have to actually go and sleep, go and eat, go and take care of your body, go and find out what's causing that pain because you'll feel like I'm praying in Qiyam all night and I'm not getting any relief. I'm not getting any relief because I'm not praying enough. And that'll just keep going on and on. I think that that's important to do. But then I also needed to get out and do um, the other things that, you know, I needed to sort of talk about the pain that I was dealing with, which I hadn't done. Mm. You know, the trauma that I was sort of having to deal with completely on my own, I had to sort of go into it and um, figure it out. And, you know, first of all, get myself out of that situation, because anybody in that situation would be feeling pain. Anybody at all. It wasn't a spiritual thing that I was in that situation.
0: Mm -hmm, SubhanAllah. I love the fact that you've given real importance to not neglecting the other aspects of your life, which actually you can make worse. So, for example, you said you were up, you were praying, which is great, and you thought that you were fulfilling the kind of lack thereof when it came to your spirituality, but then the lack of sleep as we know in terms of biology and nutrition whatever it kind of affects your hormones which then affects your appetite which then increases your stress mm-hmm. which then adds even more problems so by neglecting one issue you're causing a lot more right mm-hmm. so um and you know what i want to just take a a quick opportunity here to just remind everyone that's listening um to really take heed on on what hafsa said there which was to you know, admit that something is wrong, and to speak out and and seek help. Because personally, as well, you know, I had a friend, Subhanallah, in high school. He was one of my best friends in high school. Um, and after high school was finished, um, the the group that used to be together kind of fell apart. But you know, we still kept in touch and whatever. And um, one day, he went missing. One of my best friends went missing. And this guy is really, really smart. Um, and this guy was annoyingly smart. Like, we would study. And he would play Xbox, and he would still like get better results than us, better grades than us, right? Wow. <laughs> um, and this guy was doing medicine at like the best university in our city, so smart guy. And he was like, he wasn't Muslim, but you know, he was like a handsome guy. He was like part of a dance group. He was performing at big events. He had he had it going for him, right? And he went missing, and we f- they found his body some weeks after. No, my goodness. And it was one of those things that really uh hit me because I was like
1: You seemed perfectly fine.
0: Yeah, out of everyone. This person who was a really gentle, very kind, kind of introverted, but again at the same time very active person didn't have someone to speak to. That didn't have to go that way. He had so many people around him. Um and I the next question that I have actually, um you know, I wanna talk more about what Islam actually says about this. But as you were speaking, Hafsa, I just remembered because you were saying that, you know, this is something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created us with. And if He created the best of of all creation, the Prophet, with sadness, um, you know, we know that in the seerah there's a very, very distinct chapter called the Year of Sadness. Mm-hmm. Um you know, where where his wife Khadija radiya anha she passed away and his children passed away, etc. And in the Quran, there are verses where, you know, Allah's basically reconciling the Prophet Islam. Don't be sad, you know, I haven't given up on you. So I wanted to get more of your kind of insight on what you understand Islam says about this. I remember you said to me that uh, I think Surah Maryam was particularly close to your heart. If you mm-hmm. could expand on that, inshallah, that'd be that'd be great.
1: Yeah. Um, first of all, the thing about your friend, though, um, that's kind of yeah. That's a that's a perfect example of 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 the damage that this sort of uh, viewpoint um, sort of has. So it's kind of heartbreaking. It's really heartbreaking that we sort of put people in these corners and then we don't give them any options, and then um, you know we close it in religiosity and we clothe it in Islam and we clothe it in having high Iman and that's really not what it is at all so I think um, it's important to just remember that the root cause of somebody's anxiety isn't a problem with their Iman um, but they can definitely use things in the deen and stuff like that to um, you know to make to sort of heal from it and stuff like that so I think I was going to actually say about the Prophet that You know, so many of these eyes in the Quran, like there are so many words in the Quran, so many Arabic words for the word sadness in English. So there's so many different types of, you know, sadness and grief and anxiety and pain and sorrow and emptiness, all these sorts of things. There's so many words in the Quran. And if that's not, you know, proof enough that this is something that Allah chose to test us with, he chose to test us with, um, anxiety and to test us with sadness and to test us with fear and he says that in the quran that you will surely be tested with something of sadness and fear and hunger and these sorts of things and you know give glad tidings to the patient and then you come back to that like what does patience mean and then you know that'll take you further on to figuring out what you need to do but i think also remembering that um the prophet Wasallam he dealt with so much um so much pain and sadness and that's before the year of sorrow like the before all of that when he was a messenger before islam even came to him he would he would isolate himself from his people for months at a time and just be so upset and sad and empty um because of the reality of his community and the things that were going on with him and if that is something that he experienced and you know he would he would isolate himself and go away and and you know, when he, when he received the first revelation, the, he was fearful, he was scared to death. And the first thing he did is he ran home to his wife and he said, you know, I'm terrified. And, you know, um, cover me with a blanket. Like the first thing he did was say something about it. (laughs) Right. And then, you know, you, you remember that, like, even for me, I, I remember like for much of my life, even as a kid, This is the thing that really, really upsets me when people talk about like anxiety not being a thing or anxiety not being uh, something to do with your Iman because children suffer from anxiety. Children suffer from anxiety. You cannot sit there and tell a four-year-old or a five-year-old that she doesn't have enough Iman. That doesn't make any sense in any world (laughs) at all, right? Like Mm -hmm. if a five-year-old is experiencing anxiety, that is, she's not even accountable to Allah who are we to say that she doesn't have enough iman she's
0: not even i want to add for. to that as well my my own grandfather suffers from anxiety subhanallah to the mm-hmm. point where he stays up all night over the smallest things sometimes but mm-hmm. he is the most religious person i know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so like you said there's proof that it's not something to do with your iman um, you know and, and he's trying and, and he's he's doing different things but you know I just wanted to clarify that again and reiterate the fact that you know it's uh, yeah just because you have a big beard and you go to the masjid five times a day which he does almost pretty much every day it doesn't mean that you can't be tested with, with these things by Allah
1: yeah I mean I've had people tell me that time and time again and I think I mean, if any of us, I don't have kids, I don't, I don't think you have kids, but I think if you tell a child that they will spend their entire life with so much guilt that, you know, it will be almost impossible for them to get out of it. I mean, um, the danger in that um, is that you tell children from a very young age um, that they're, they're just not good enough, not as people, but also in the sight of Allah. You're feeling this way You're just not good enough for Allah right? You tell them that And there's no more that they can do um, The father of Yusuf He went through so much Intense grief and sadness That he became Blind from all of the crying Now if anyone Were to tell him that You can't be sad Like this Then he wouldn't have even had a relief uh, Release of his emotions He wouldn't have even be to like, being allowed to cry the least that he did was cry and you know cry so much out of his pain and his you your son is missing like for for a number of years he spends his entire youth missing and you're going to tell me that you know yakub al-islam didn't experience any anxiety (laughs) of course he did he said you know distress has seized me like it completely seized me and you're the you're the most merciful of those who show mercy so i think that Um, Islam talks about this the Quran talks about it you have Ibrahim who talks about you know feeling so much um, fear and sadness at different moments in his life you know when he had to leave his wife when he had to you know sacrifice his son when he was about to be thrown into the fire Musa he's standing in front of an ocean and he has an entire ummah of people behind him and he doesn't know what to do that's, you know, that's an intense amount of, of fear and, and anxiety and worry. Mm. And you have Marim who actually asked for death because of the amount of grief she was in. And that's in the Quran for a reason. Allah is validating these emotions and these feelings. And if Marim Alayhi who is, you know, a very young woman who is giving birth all by herself in the middle of the desert. And she's saying, you know, I wish I died before this. Like, I don't. I don't see how anybody can read these things from the Quran and still say that, hey, if you have overwhelming pain and sadness, you just don't have enough Iman. So, I mean, that's what Islam, like in the Quran, I think, like those things, I sort of read them when I'm around people who are super toxic or people who are like, you know, said what you're feeling is invalid. I'm just, I remind myself that their opinion doesn't matter. Allah's opinions matter. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one that's saying all of these things so if distress can seize the best of the people then um i'm i'm nobody and i think that allah has put those in there to to um soothe and to uh give hope to people like me and to be, to anybody really that has uh, any source of sadness in their life i mean there's an endless amount of things that are in the quran about this but i don't think i'd go through all of them
0: <laughs> that's kind of what i want to emphasize in this episode to those listening that you know it's okay to feel this way out of everything you've said you know I think that for me one of the most powerful messages is is what you've just said right now is that it's okay to feel this and the fact that Allah himself validates these emotions that you know he created them for a reason and Allah in his ultimate wisdom knows why he created them and why he gave them to us at certain parts of our life Um, because, you know, we have our own predestined journeys written for us. And if our journey, uh, you know, involves a certain emotion overtaking us at certain parts of our life, then that's the way that Allah wants us to get closer to Him. Mm. And I think that's actually unique and something to be, actually to be kind of proud of, to be honest, that Allah chose, chose us to go through that particular, that test. Um, and the fact that He's also given us these ways to, to to heal um whether it's through things like you know your painting which we'll get to or speaking to people or other means that people use to overcome them mm-hmm. which ultimately at the end of the day all lead to the same path which is back to Allah which I think is fascinating and it's so beautiful it's like you know um Every other way of getting close to Allah is all beautiful. They're, they're very, very beautiful and they all have their own unique mm-hmm. qualities and, and wisdoms behind them. But I think this one especially is, is, is very special and close to, to both of us because they require a really special level of self realization and acceptance to then go on to, um, you know, discover bigger and better things
1: Absolutely absolutely. Goodness, I just wanted to add to that Because I think sometimes There are easy ways to get to Allah There are ways that He has made for us In specific, like, commandments Pray, fast, you know, zakah These sorts of things These are ways to get close to Allah And to remember Allah You know, and then there are the other ways There is the hardship And the sadness And, um, tests, you know, tests are something that everybody recognizes and says, you know, oh, when you go through a test, it's because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves you. But, you know, then you have something like this where there is an emptiness that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself says in the Quran, there's an emptiness that can only be filled by Allah's remembrance. And if you really think about that ayah, you'll realize that that's what a lot of these feelings sometimes are, that you have this intense um, sadness or intense emptiness and if you use it as a way to look further into yourself and you know sort of do a lot of personal work those things will always at the end of the day lead you to Allah there's a specific ayah in the Quran that, that I absolutely love and it's not related to sadness or anxiety, but it's that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He's the one who causes the night to merge into the day and He's the one who causes the day to merge into the night and He's made the sun and the sun, and the moon subservient, each one running its specific time. And that is Allah and that is um, whom on whom you call. And I just always think about that and I say, you know, subhanAllah, the day is a specific amount of time. It's not going to last forever. And then the night is a specific time and it's not going to last forever. They're going to run their course and they're going to be finished. And that's what I sort of think every time when um, I think about some of these like seasons in my life where they've been super painful and I just thought they would never end. And then you realize that Allah SWT puts you through that test, but then he also promises you that it's not going to be there forever. So the same thing, like I'll have feelings of anxiety sometimes, but I have to remember that when Allah puts you through this and he puts this feeling in you, he also reminds you that it's not going to be there forever, that you have to sort of um, use it to get close to him and then use it to discover more about yourself, use it to balance your life, use it for all of these things, and then come back. and and be yourself again and then you've you've sort of won on all of these levels but it started by Allah giving you that thing
0: Mm, mm, subhanAllah deep (laughs) but I want to remind myself and yourself too that you know the fact that you said this is something not to be ashamed of I actually personally think as well that Allah is not only testing you with this Uh, not you in particular but I'm saying you to all those listening but he's also using you as a source of inspiration and healing for other people because many people look up to others and see what they're going through and as a result actually it helps them to cure a lot of their own uh, personal kind of trials as well. Um, Many people who share their stories end up accidentally helping many people in, in, in the in the process and I think that part of the reason why I'm I'm excited to have this episode with you is that I think by people hearing these words coming from you, um, I, I, I'm almost certain that it's gonna make something click within them as well that's like You know what? That's so true. Uh, What she said is right. I had this all along, but I didn't realize that this is all I had to do was, you know, accept it. And and I'm saying this because myself as well, I'm not so much when it comes to perhaps uh, sharing something personal, but by accident, something that I've done has inadvertently inspired somebody to do something. And it's like, what, what, what happened? And you'll never understand that because they made that connection themselves so i really hope that inshallah with this episode someone out there or people out there can can hear what you've said and and perhaps um use that as as a means of of healing as well um speaking of that i want to now go on to inshallah your your painting uh, and your your art which by the way guys is pretty awesome inshallah i follow you on instagram and i've I've purchased a couple of your your bookmarks as well one day i will purchase a painting i promise i'm just mm-hmm. thinking of the perfect ayah <laughs> to, to use actually a little bit of a A tidbit for you guys is that the the branding on our website was done by Sister Hafsa so some uh, hidden secrets for you guys out there (laughs) Um, so talk about your painting um, and why your love for painting and and photography and and your art helped you what was the connection that you made and how did that let you accept things and take you on that journey of, of getting better
1: honestly I think um I think, like I said before, there was never a space where I could, um, be myself and be, uh, be okay. And I never really found anything that was giving me, um, you know, the kind of relief, I guess, that I wanted. Um, and I think once I started painting, uh, and I started doing these sorts of things, um, I already sort of spend a lot of time like by myself. And I think when you do that, you learn about yourself and you sort of, you do a lot of reflection and that sort of thing. And I think the only way for me to do that is by spending, uh you know, by sort of separating myself from all the stimulus in the world and being by myself and um sort of having that time to reflect and to just reboot and, and that sort of thing. And I think, fast forward in the future, I realized there was a lot of work I needed to do by myself. You can't sit in a situation where, um, sorry, you can't be in a situation, a super traumatizing situation and then say, um, you know what, why am I anxious? I need to pray more. What you need to do is, you know, get out of the situation first and then continue to pray more. You need to be Proactive and do that, do the things in your life that you need to do to take care of yourself first, take yourself out of that situation and then continue to do that. But because of that, I ended up, you know, going in and, and spending the next couple of years really studying the Quran in depth. And so. In my study, I really found these words that we were just talking about, you know, Surah Mariam and Ibrahim, I really learned about Allah from his own words, not the words of all of these people that tell you what you're supposed to feel and what you're not supposed to feel and what your Iman is and what it isn't and what your worth is. I really wanted to just know, like, what does Allah say about this? Cut everything else out and alhamdulillah like I really did find him I really found what God was trying to say and he describes himself in his own words in the Quran and through all of that my heart really did come like did find a lot of ease and I did realize that I had to first change my situation and balance my life as well as have a place for spirituality in the right way and I think in doing that I really um I had like Journals and journals full of notes, and I um, I Had to remind myself constantly to go back to that to go back to what Allah says He is to go back to what you know I need to do and what um, you know to just remind myself of all of these things so You know I would wake up and I would go through my n- journals and I wouldn't be able to sleep in those times I would get up and you know I would set out a time I'd be like I'm gonna pray the for this amount of time And then I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna do some reflection And in that time, I would also take some of these notes that I'd learned and um, I'd start painting. And that process of painting, it really reminded me constantly. And I do this to this day, you know, remembering that the promise of Allah is true, that the patience of the patient will not go unseen, that, Mm -hmm. you know, Allah will not abandon you, that, you know, the pain will not last forever. All of these reminders that are in the Quran. And just taking that and and putting it out um, in a painting and Really, it would just, the process of that was very, very healing to me. It was very, very, um, it, it provided a sense of uh, stability and um, strength in myself for me that's that's a big part of you know healing, but it doesn't take away from the other stuff that I'm always doing, which is working on myself and painting is just sort of brought those two realms together for me. It brought the spirituality as well as the self care aspect of it, like it brought those two together and that whole process really just weaves it all together really nicely for me. So I think if it you know, if it means something to me very deeply when I'm painting, it's my hope, inshallah that Um, whatever's inspired me to paint that is something that hopefully other people can recognize when they see that as well. And it can be that source of reminder for other people or a source of hope for other people too, if if they're looking at it.
0: Hafsa, thank you so much for this answer. I thoroughly enjoyed listening to you You very nicely summarize the importance of doing both, you know, tying your camel, like you said, or you alluded to, and then also using prayer and drawing towards Allah, finding the answers from his own words and the Quran and then using that, that painting as, as that kind of bridge between both of them. I think you summarised it really beautifully because that kind of fits together like a really nice kind of jigsaw you have uh, the spirituality you have the self-help and you have that one thing that ties it together and so in a way perhaps you know your painting is like your cave Hira, where you go there and you feel um, a peace and you can reflect and for me, you know, I have a cave. My, this is really embarrassing, but my cave is the gym. <laughs> my my cave is the gym. Like you know, when I go there, uh, sometimes I go there before people wake up, like in the morning before work, for example, like five thirty, six o'clock in the morning, and that's just the place that I go when it's like before it's the calm before the storm, right? You know, like before the day starts, mm-hmm. and just the, the 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 ability to be alone mm-hmm. and to see progress in that part of my life which is great but you know i when my earphones are in if i'm listening to whatever it is a podcast or the quran that time alone um and you know people won't this is a different episode but people don't realize and those who do it will and you will realize the same thing in your painting but even in the gym there's times where I do things and it reminds me of an ayah or it reminds me of you know something just clicks that I didn't get before and I'm like out of all places I discovered this as I was swinging a dumbbell but like it wasn't the fact that I was in the gym it's just the fact that I took that time to be alone to reflect and to keep that place as a sort of bridge between Allah my relationship with him um, the self help work that I do on my on my own as well, and with this time alone with myself and and doing something that I love, which mm-hmm. is for me therapeutic as well. Absolutely. Um, Hafsa, thank you so much. This has been really insightful and really brave of you as well. You know, I really. Um, Thank you for, for speaking about this. It's not something that's easy to, to speak about. But like you said, it's not something to be ashamed of either. And the fact that you're, you're doing it, I, I believe is, is going to be a real, real source of inspiration. And back to the first thing I said to you when you came on, you know, it's a reason why I'm deeply inspired by, by you and your work. Not just because it's, the work is dope, but because. <laughs> You know, it's just the concept behind it. And it brings a whole new depth to the art.
1: Thank you, Myanmar. Inshallah, accept. Um,
0: Inshallah, Inshallah. I mean, before I let you go, Hafsa, I want to ask you um, now for some practical things that people can do uh, for themselves, for the children, for their loved ones, to help them, you know, live productively and live in a way where they can control their emotions and in a way that they can channel them like you said and like you described in a way that helps them both in the dunya perspective and also with their relationship to allah subhanahu ta'ala
1: absolutely i think um so i think the first thing is obviously for me it was just stripping myself completely of all of these negative ideas just remove them remove toxic people from your life. Like, don't listen to any of that stuff. Anyone around you that's, like, telling you that your iman is not high enough, just, you know, just take that out of your mind. Just completely erase it. Remember, Allah's words are much more important than that. So for me, trusting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and finding out what He is talking about. So open the Qur'an, study the Qur'an, and and figure out what He's saying. So going back to the question, um, the first thing I would say is, like, trust Allah, remove all of the negative Stuff that's not serving you, it's not serving anyone, it's not serving anyone in the future, it's not helping um, And then the other thing I would say is remember that the dua and all these things that have been mentioned in the Quran for us to do as shifa They definitely need to happen, absolutely need to happen um, I always have like my uh, my morning and evening adhka, those really 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 work for me Anytime I'm feeling anxious, I'll read Ayatul Kursi, and the thing with Ayatul Kursi that helps is it really puts things into perspective for you. reminds you that Allah ta'ala is in control of everything, and when you feel like you're out of control and that your situation's out of control, Ayatul Kursi really puts everything into perspective for you. And then remembering the prophetic, um, the, the the prophetic sort of du'a's that the Prophet sort of uh, did, and then also remembering that anxiety happens. It's a very chemical response. It's a very obvious chemical response. All of us in the world deal with anxiety. It sort of. It happens when you sense a threat, real or imagined, whatever, and your body just surges with all these hormones, like your stress hormone, cortisol, and um, adrenaline, and all these things. And they're actually meant to save your life, <laughs> so it's a good thing. If you didn't have anxiety, then you wouldn't have this physical response, this fight or flight response, to like make your body strong and, and fast and powerful to be able to get away from that. So just remembering and learning about exactly what happens in your body when you're feeling anxious, will really help you to tame your body in the sense that you can do a lot of deep breathing exercises. And just remember that this is a normal physical response to a good, healthy body. So just remembering that, you know, your racing heart and your, um, all of these things that happen in your body, they're perfectly normal, but they're not going to kill you. And so just remembering that and reading about it and, and taking note of it. Um, and then, you know, sort of verbally, or mentally talking yourself down from that really helps. Um, And then, you know, just remembering that everyone struggles with something or other. Doing your part is all you can do. And then you leave the rest to Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then one way that you can do that is, you know, your, your five times a day, you know, when you go for your salah, Allah tells you to sort of help seek help through 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 patience and through Salah. And so I think um, detaching from everything five times a day, going back, remembering why you're here, you were created to worship Allah, that really puts everything in your life in perspective, whether it's an emotional thing that you're going through or whether it's a real um, normal response to something messed up that's happening in your life, your response is going to be anxiety. So just remembering that and... Um, you know using your extra time in the kid and stuff like that all of these things definitely help But then if you look at the more self-development part of it You need to work on that like you so need to work on it um connecting with other people making sure that you're not alone in that um There's many many du'as that i'm sure anyone can do a quick google search and find some of these du'as for anxiety and grief All of those that's that's a given you're already doing those you should be doing those um but in terms of like the, the the stuff you can be doing in your life is remember you're using you're supposed to be using your emotions and your um, your pain as a messenger. If you're going through pain, it is a signal. It's not telling you that you're broken. It's not telling you you're messed up. It's not telling you you're damaged. If you're going through pain, it is a messenger telling you that something doesn't feel right, and I need to go and figure out what this is. As soon as I figure it out. I look it in the face. I analyze it. I try to heal it. I work with a therapist. I work with whoever. You know, I need to take care of that. Whatever that painful thing is that's going on in your life, take care of that thing and then continue on. Um, And then the next time you feel anxious, it's going to indicate another thing. Next time you feel angry, it's going to indicate something. Next time you feel happy, it's going to indicate something. You have to accept fully everything that's going on in your life and um, work on those things. Um, And I think don't explain your case to people that that will fight you and bring you down and tear you apart don't try to convince people that um if people like if people around you or these certain people that that are causing you more pain or you 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 trust them with your anxiety and they make you feel worse about it you need to refrain from that because it's only going to bring you more um more sadness and then i think a couple other things um to remember, it's just that your anxiety is there to check that you're okay. It's not there to tell you that you're not okay. Mm. Um, Allah wa ta'ala is al-wadood. He's a source of love. He is the most just. He is the most kind. He's all of these things. He will not put something in you unless you can learn from it. Um, so just remember that it's just there to remind you that something's not okay and you can do something about it, especially if it's there in your kids or, you know, um, your own children or anything like that, you need to sort of tell them in language that they understand that this is perfectly normal. It's perfectly fine. It's just another emotion like any other emotion and validate that, normalize that and make sure that they feel okay with that and that they're not feeling um, like it's something that uh, they have to run from. As soon as they fear that, anxiety coming up it's just going to make their anxiety even worse Mm -hmm. so explaining it to them in super straightforward terms and as soon as you give it that care you give it a name you give it some um attention it will and it needs to it will and it needs to heal um so yeah some of those things are just things that I remember and obviously you know look for resources in the Muslim community that work for me like personally I love the work of Yasmin Mujahid I love the work of Yasmin Isa I love the work of Marwa Essa. I love the work of Asma Hussein, Manal Khalif, Naima Robert, Sabah Malik, Megan Wyatt, Haley bin Ani. There's so many amazing people. Mariam Amir is really great. Uh, some of these people are absolutely amazing and have played really like a really big role in helping me put things in perspective and helping people in the community put things in perspective and really honoring ourselves and our feelings and our pain. And only once we do that is when it's sort of, um, you you sort of are able to come into balance and come into like a peaceful state of mind. You will continue to feel emptiness if you don't address it. And then the minute you address it, you know, inshallah, you've done your part and the rest of it is up to Allah.
0: Hafsa, once again, thank you so much for your practical advice and those wonderful insights that you've shared just now with regards to this topic. I can't thank you enough for being on the show today. And guys, I'm sure you agree that today has been super beneficial. And if you want to go and get a summary of today's show, head on over to deanspiration.com forward slash episode 18 and although that is a wrap for today we can head on over there and continue the conversation go ahead and leave a comment or um, you know hit us up on on twitter instagram all that good stuff facebook and leave a comment regarding your opinions and tips that you have uh, on this topic as well i'd love to hear from you inshallah and engage with you on this topic so guys that's all, and Hafsa, until next time, I'd love to have you back on the show again, inshallah. Assalamualaikum wa wabarakatuh. Wa alaykum as Wow, mashallah. At the start, I did say it was going to be a great show, and I told you, I told you so. A wonderful show, great insight there by Sister Hafsa. So happy to have had her on and to speak about something which not a lot of people want to speak about, quite frankly, or don't even know how to speak about. And the fact that she has taken inspiration from uh, the teachers that she mentioned and has, um, you know, shared some experiences and also learned from the Quran and really opened our eyes to uh, the very real, very raw reality of who we are as people and that we have real emotions and that we have to learn how to recognize what they are how to care for them and how to seek help correctly and how to go about dealing with them and managing our emotions in a way that is going to benefit us in the long run, right? And it's going to keep us on a steady path, not just in life but also towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now just as a reminder, today's show notes do belong over at deinspiration.com forward slash episode 18 where you can go for a summary of the show. And lastly, something that really helps this show to grow is if you share it, you know, share this with your friends and family. But also, if you're an iPhone user, head on over to iTunes and leave a positive five star review. If your phone is in your hands right now and you are an Android user, then head over to SoundCloud or Stitcher and especially iTunes, guys. Please do leave a positive five star review. Again, Go to deenspiration.com for all the info on this episode and leave a comment there too. We'd love to hear your thoughts and your opinions on this topic and perhaps we'll also join in on the conversation with you inshallah. Guys, until next time, I can't wait to have you back in the next episode inshallah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.